Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored by the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation. The Amarillo EDC promotes business expansion in the greater Amarillo area to build a stronger economy and increase the wealth of the community. You can learn more about the ways the Amarillo EDC is attracting new business and industry by visiting amarelloedc.com or following at amarelloedc on social media. Today's guest is Stacy Sanning. Stacy is a senior project manager at Golden Spread Electric Cooperative, which is a power company based in Amarillo that operates on a different model and focus from Excel Energy, which you may be a lot more familiar with. Stacy works in a field that's typically dominated by men. And that's one reason she's passionate about getting young girls interested in STEM careers. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. We discuss what she thought of Amarillo when she arrived here as an eighth grader, what her job actually entails, and why she's been thinking a lot recently about helium. Here's Stacy Sanning. Stacy Sanning, welcome to the Amarillo podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So I, I want to talk about your career. I want to talk about the things that you do and that you're involved with locally. But before we get to that point, I like to just kind of hear from my guest how you ended up in this area. So what brought you to Amarillo in the first place? So my dad got a job at Tascosa High School in 1991, I believe, and we moved to Amarillo. I was an eighth grader when we moved here. And tell me your dad's name because I imagine a lot of people probably know him or have interacted with him. John Hancock. Not the founding father, but the uh, administrator in the public school system. Yes, that's him. How old were you when you moved here? 13. What? Where did you come from before then? Cuero, Texas, which is a very small town in South Texas near Corpus San Antonio, kind of that area. So 13 is a pretty important age developmentally, and you moved to a brand new place pretty far away from where you grew up. What was What was that like? coming to Amarillo. I will tell you the card ride was about the quietest ride ever for 12 hours. Um, there wasn't a lot of speaking going on, but 20 however many years later, um, I can tell you it was the best move that we ever made. Do you remember your initial impressions of Amarillo or like what your dad told you to expect or anything like that? I remember it was very flat. Um, there was a lot to do. The town that I grew up in was really small. So for me, it was an opportunity. It looked like opportunity to me. Was it hard to to like fit in? I mean, in middle school or junior high at, at that point, was it hard to sort of start over in a new place like this? I was super nervous to move here, but loved every single minute of eighth grade. I went to Sam Houston Middle School. I will say it's my best school year the I had that very first year, the here. very first year. Why is that? I mean, what do you attribute that to? So had a great experience with classmates, had wonderful teachers who I even still see today. I mean, I've seen one a few weeks ago. It was just a really great experience for me. So it was a very positive move. What was it like growing up with a dad who is that involved with the public schools? Was it weird? It was hard at times. Um, everyone knew who I was. And if I made any move. Um, he knew about it before I got to tell him about it. So that part was hard, but it was fun all the same. So you went to Sam Houston, went to Tascosa? Went to Tascosa. He was my principal um, my freshman year. And then he moved to Bivens Elementary. He was also a principal at Tascosa when I was there. Yes. Um, and then what happened after you graduated from high school? 
I went to Emerald College for two years. Actually met my husband the first day. Didn't marry him the first day, but met him the first day in Calculus One. Uh, went there two years and then went to uh, Texas Tech for two years. Okay. And did you know at that point, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do with your life or what direction you were going to go? You know, I floundered probably a little bit on what I wanted to do. Went back and forth between engineering, maybe pharmacy. And then chemistry too happened and it was confirmed that engineering was far better suited for me. <laughs> and um, I really liked math and science and engineers. That's a predominant area of study for them. And I enjoyed it. So I knew engineering was, was for me. So when you went to Texas Tech, did you have an idea that you were going to come back here at some point or were you open to whatever? I was open to whatever. So uh, upon graduation, applied several locations and got several offers, but decided to come back to Amarillo. Prior to graduation, I did an internship here in Amarillo at Utility Engineering mm -hmm. and loved it. Fell in love with um, engineering and the power industry and decided to come back. And so what was, what was your first job after you graduated? What did you do? I worked at Utility Engineering. Okay. I was a, a mechanical engineer there. For people that don't understand what that means beyond having heard the words mechanical engineering before, what, what does a mechanical engineer do? Or at least in that setting at Utility Engineering. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Mechanical engineers do a myriad of things. But what did you in do? that setting, um, I would design certain systems within a power plant. So I worked there five years and then moved to... Um, Excel Energy, mm -hmm. and I worked in a design group there, and then eventually ended up at a power plant, uh, being the plant engineer there, and I loved every single minute of that. Where was that power plant? It's here in Amarillo. Okay. It's Nickel Station, just okay. north of town. From, from discussions I've had, people don't often think about electricity other than using it all the time, but don't think about like how we get it and what happens and what a power plant even does. So can you give me like the real simplified version of how a power plant is, you know, making the volts and the electricity and all the charges and stuff that, you know, allows us to turn on a, a computer or a hairdryer or anything? So it is a very complicated system. And there are all different kinds of power plants that all produce electricity. Um, the power plant that I worked at previously uh, used steam to generate electricity through a steam turbine. That then leaves the plant goes through transmission and then distribution lines, which then make it to your home. And so there's a lot of different I mean, ways you can use steam, you can use coal, you can use You can use wind, wind solar. There's all, there's all different kinds of ways to produce electricity. Uh, you, you worked for Excel for a few years. Uh, then what? An opportunity at Golden Spread opened up. They were looking for a project manager. They were in a building phase. They were going to build a plant near Abernathy, Texas with some Wurtzilla reciprocating engines, which again is another technology to make electricity. And I applied for the job and I got it. And that was eight and a half years ago. Now, did that take you to Abernathy or were you able to do that still from Amarillo? So I worked in Amarillo primarily, but did travel to Abernathy quite a bit during construction. So, but I was responsible for our plant there. Okay, so explain to me uh, how Golden Spread fits within the electrical grid, you know, here in Amarillo? Because I think most people think of Excel. That's where they're paying their utility bills to. Explain what Golden Spread does and the role that it plays. Okay, Golden Spread provides electricity to 16 distribution co-ops. These co-ops then provide electricity to members in their service territory. 
Um, basically, it's more of the rural side. Okay. Uh, providing um, electricity to rural areas in the Texas panhandle, all the way from the tip top of Texas all the way below San Angelo. Okay, so... And the panhandle of Oklahoma. Is that, is it different from Excel in scope or in structure? I mean, how does the co-op structure work? So it is similar in the product mm -hmm. that is provided to the end user, but the end user is a little bit different. For a co-op, you have members, and these members are essentially owners of Golden Spread. Well, actually, they're members of their distribution co-op, which is then a member of Golden Spread. Okay. Whereas with Excel, you have shareholders and customers. It's a large it's, it's corporation. A right. It's a, just a different, it's a different setup. Both are important. I mean, my husband works for Excel, so. <laughs> You're not like fighting it out no, at I'm, home personally, or who's I'm better not. and which. <laughs> Tell me, um, so, so Golden Spread uh, operates in, in all these rural places, but it's, it's headquarters are here in Amarillo. Is That's that right. right. That's right. We do have a regional office in Lubbock as well, but the headquarters are here in Amarillo. So tell me about your job at this point, the, the things that you're doing as a project manager. So right at the moment, I still manage projects. Mm -hmm. They do vary quite a bit. We're not building any power plants right now. We have built all the power plants that we need at the moment. So I have different projects from different maintenance projects at those power plants to uh, projects here in, in our office. We own this Wells Fargo building that oh, okay. you're meeting with me in. Just various projects throughout, just whatever is needed, uh, a project manager is needed for. With your career, you know, being in engineering, being a woman, I know there's a lot of, a lot of nationwide emphasis on STEM, on science and technology, and, and getting young girls to be interested in that. And I know that that's something also that you're passionate about. So tell me a little bit about that and about some of the things that you're doing involved with it. Okay, so I am very passionate about STEM and about young uh, females, really young kids in general, but yes, young females specifically. I, I like to say that um, being a female engineer, you're going to stand out, so you might as well be your best and do your best and stand out in a really good way. But I am passionate about sharing STEM with, with young girls. I want them to um, know that they can do STEM and be successful in STEM and find a great career path in STEM. I joined a group 14 years ago now called WISE. It's Women in Science Endeavors, that's what it stands for. The actual group, or the actual program, this is its 30th year, so it's been around a while. Is it a national program or is it a regional? It's regional. Okay. Uh, there are some other national programs, but um, this was a regional program. It was actually initially called Expanding Your Horizons. It was renamed WISE at some point. That's shorter. It's, it's been WISE since I've been a part of it. But we have a workshop once a year, and this workshop is specifically designed for middle school girls um, in the whole entire panhandle of Texas. And um, we invite them to come to this conference, and we have presenters is what we call them. They're basically professional women volunteers that serve in STEM fields. And they come volunteer for the day and provide hands-on workshops for these participants. We have pediatricians, engineers, scientists of all kinds, all different companies represented from Bell Helicopter mm -hmm. to Emerald College to uh, several local um, just independent agencies. So, Talk to me about your experience, you know, being one of the few females in, you know, your role or your job. Why, why does that sort of inspire your passion to, to get other girls involved? 
has it, I mean, has it been weird? Have you always felt like I stand out or is it hard to find acceptance sometimes among your peers? I mean, what has that been like in your career? My experience has been very positive. Okay. I have not experienced what you would probably expect um, some females to experience. Has there been some along the way? Absolutely. But I'm sure guys experienced that too at some point. Probably so, yeah. So, but um, I'm passionate about uh, females because the percentage of females in these careers very low. What I mean, give me an idea of what what that kind of percentage is. I graduated from Texas Tech, probably a hundred uh, graduates, mechanical mm-hmm. engineering graduates, and I think there were three or four females. Wow! And this was you. like not nineteen eighty. You know, this was two thousand. Okay. So, it's just not a field that's predominantly. You know, you don't see many females. We have an annual an annual engineering conference um, here in Amarillo. And it's attended by several hundred engineers. And over the years, I have seen the number of females mm-hmm. increase, but we're still in the far minority of the group. So right. tell me, tell me why that is. I mean, are there whether it's it's local reasons or national research, but why do young girls not always see STEM as a career path? You know, a, a direction that they can head, whether they want to be doctors or want to be you know math teachers or engineers or whatever. What is what driving those that? those low numbers? I mean, why why is that happening? I or I, what do you tell them? You know, to convince <laughs> them otherwise. Well, I don't know the specific reason, but I feel like I have a position where I can really encourage them that they could do anything, whatever that is, whether that is be a pediatrician, whether that is be an engineer. That the stereotype doesn't mean anything. That they can do anything that they want to do. It's truly up to them. But the fact that you get into a class and you're the only female in there doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you, my freshman year at Amarillo College, I had a professor tell me that I was the only girl in the class. You know, a few boys. It wasn't a huge class, but there was a few guys in there. And he said, you are a female in a man's class. You'll either be best in class or worst in class. Wow. And so. But he called it a man's class. Yeah. And I, um, I had to be the best then. <laughs> Were you the best? I was the best. Okay. <laughs> Do you get a sense, and, and maybe you, you, you don't know this, but talking to you know, other women at conferences or anything like that is, I, I know this is a larger problem across the nation uh, or even in this hemisphere, but do you feel like the Texas Panhandle is a little bit even further behind you know, maybe other places just because we're in ag culture, you know, uh, farmers and ranchers and that sort of thing, and, and girls have always just not been pushed into those sorts of positions? I don't know, as though we would be a whole lot different. I, I think People always talk about how we're, you know, we're about 10 years behind every maybe other I'm trend. Maybe I'm just behind you know, and I don't and, notice it. Yeah. <laughs> I never know how much, you know, a, a regional emphasis would impact something like that. I go to several conferences, I wouldn't say a ton, and the percentage is probably about the same okay. than anything that I've been here. I I am fortunate to work in a great place where it's not that I'm a female in an engineering role or a project manager role. Um, I think they see me as Stacy, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that about about where I work and who I work with. What kinds of things do you hear from you know from from middle school girls as you talk to them about it? Are did, does it make you feel hopeful about your career, or your industry, or, or the direction of their lives? I do. I, I am hopeful. You know, I I want them to know that science can be fun and engineering is fun. It, it's not just you do calculations all day and it's a 
really boring job. Um, it's really what, what you make of it. And that's probably more of what I want to share with them is they can do anything they want to do. It's really up to them. You know, you moved back here after tech. Uh, you've had a succession of jobs in this industry. Why have you stayed here in Amarillo? I mean, beyond having a career, but surely you could do what you're doing anywhere else in the United States. So why stay here? So um, my husband and I both have family here, and that's very important to us. So I think that's a really big factor in us staying here, in addition to really loving what we do, um, loving our jobs and what we do here. So we do have two kids, and so living by grandparents is very awesome and wonderful, and we love spending time with them, and we're uh, very grateful for their support along the way. So you you weren't born here. You didn't move here until you were a middle schooler, but you didn't ever think, all right, I'm going to go back to my real home, which is further south in Texas. You, you started to identify Amarillo as, as your place. Yes, I love Amarillo. I think Amarillo has so many opportunities for people to spread their wings and do great things. Um, I really don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> Let's talk about other stuff. Um, I know you're involved with uh, the Helium Time Column and some of the events taking place here this fall. Can you share anything about that or about anything that's being planned? Absolutely. So for those that don't even know that there is a Helium Time Column, it's the large structure outside of the Discovery Center. And it is filled with time capsules, four time capsules, one in each leg of the Helium Monument. Each column represents 25 years. So there's a 25-year, a 50-year, then there's a 100-year, and there's even a 1,000-year time column in this structure. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I don't think we'll be around. No. <laughs> but the if science will catch up, we'll, we'll be here. I, I hear that there's a VCR tape in that one, so that might be a little tricky. Which, which year is, is this year going to be? So this is the 50-year okay. time column. And I'll tell you, the monument was initially put in um, in an effort just to express conservation, uh, conservation of natural resources, and uh, with specific focus for helium. Mm -hmm. So the 50-year time column, which is scheduled to open and have a celebration September 29th um, of this year, but it is a focus of industry and its use of natural resources. Thinking about the helium reserves and, you know, when... When, when we started this and put in the Helium Monument, you know, Amarillo was the helium capital of the world. I've heard a lot since then about the depleting reserves and if you want to fill up your party balloons with helium, it's gotten more expensive and that sort of thing. So what, what do you know about that when we think about conserving those resources? I do know that it is a definite depleting supply. So we are working closely with the Bureau of Land Management on this project. So we want to celebrate um, what helium has done for us. And, and it's more than just party balloons. It is more than just party balloons. It is you know, used by NASA. It's used um, for all kinds of medical procedures and equipment uh, use helium. It's used all over, far more than um, I even realized when we first mm -hmm. started working on this project. How did you get involved with the project? So I serve as the board of trustees president, chair for the Discovery Center. Okay. So we knew that this um, event was coming up and we solicited for volunteers throughout the city, and we have several people serving throughout the community from the chamber, from the city of Amarillo, Discovery Center, Bell Helicopter, and, and so many more. The school district is a partner with it as well. 
the monument is actually owned by the city of Amarillo. Okay. It, it just resides out in front of the Discovery Center. Do you have any idea what uh, what we'll find when we open the 50-year time capsule? I do, but it's a secret. Oh, it is a secret. It's a big we secret. We can't go back and like <laughs> find what, what those things were. I, I remember when it was... I think when it was time to put stuff in it. So it was the what year 25 was year was open. Okay, maybe that's what it was. 93. All right. I don't think you were around. I, I wouldn't have been around because that was like in the 60s, right? 68. 68. Yeah. So I, I did not put anything in it. I did not live here. <laughs> nor, did, like, nor did I live at that That means I'm old too because I've known you a long time. I'm probably thinking of the time capsule. Okay, don't um, take it. You got to take out my old comment. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I did put things in a time capsule uh, when I was a sixth grader at Paramount Terrace Elementary School. When is this to be open? Um, we, I actually opened it 10 or 15 years ago. Did Maybe you put cool stuff in it? Like jelly bands, jelly bracelets. Are they still stretchy? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Probably a couple of cassette tapes. It wasn't very cool. It was sort of a disappointment. Well, I hope this is it. not. This one should not be. I hope it's not a disappointment. But I will say we are going to put things back in the time column as well. Okay. And there are opportunities for the public to be involved with this. So we will be soliciting ideas for what, what should we put back in this thing. And, and that's in September, September 29th. 29th. Yes. Okay. It'll be a celebration out at the, at the monument itself. We will have a lot of activities for the family. So we hope to have some food trucks. Um, all the details have not been narrowed down, but we're looking for a really great event for Amarillo. And so, so you've got, right now, you've got several years in a non-traditional field, at least for your gender, living in a place that most people would identify as being pretty traditional. Um, Amarillo is a traditional place, but you've said you haven't really experienced any pushback on, on you being one of the few uh, women in your position doing what you do in your line of work. So why, why do you think that is? I mean, can you identify anything about that? I think some important features that I work with really great people and I think the community is really great and I do think that they are accepting and can look past some of those differences if you will I can't say that I've never been treated differently but not on a daily basis and and what you're passionate about is just for little girls to know that they can do whatever they want to do you don't just have to fit into this certain gender role or career or anything like that absolutely you I want young ladies to know that they could do STEM. They could do anything they want to do and do their very best at it. I have two small girls, and I want the same thing for them. Do they show aptitude for science or math or anything like that yet? Absolutely. I was sitting in the car with one of them yesterday, and I looked behind me, and she has entire things taken apart. And she even put them back together, so I do think there's hope. She's got that mechanical side <laughs> yes, then already. Yes, yes. If you live here, you already know that Amarillo is a great place, a good place to live, work, grow. People love raising their families here, and our local high schools and colleges produce extremely talented individuals. But what if those graduates don't stick around? And how can young workers discover the quality of life here if they haven't heard about it beforehand? For Amarillo to succeed, we need the unique talents and skills that our future workforce possesses. It's that thinking that's behind a new workforce development strategy at the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation. Today, the Amarillo EDC is focusing efforts to recruit and retain the best talent to our area, while also investing in our current student population to encourage them to get engaged in our local workforce. 
To do this, the EDC works with community organizations, school districts, and colleges to ensure that the local workforce is positioned for success. That's why the Amarillo EDC is excited about the next generation of workers and is working hard to equip them to create innovative, beneficial solutions for the betterment of our community. You can learn more about these workforce development efforts by contacting Sabrina Mech, that's Sabrina at AmarilloEDC.com, or by following the Amarillo EDC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Okay, I'm back with Stacy Sanning of Golden Spread Electric Cooperative. Stacy, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions, and your job as my guest is to answer those questions in whatever degree of detail you would like to. Got it. So the first one, what is your all-time favorite Amarillo restaurant? I have three. I will take three. Okay. English Fieldhouse. Okay. They have the best Monte Cristo. Out toward the airport? Yes. It's out by TAC Air. Mm -hmm. It is worth the drive. I have never had the Monte Cristo at English Fieldhouse. You should try it. Okay. I've heard their omelets are really good. Another egg eater. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number um, in no specific order. I should add that as well. Stipulated. So Sharkies. Okay. I love some Sharkies, and I also really like Marizons. I'm a little sad they moved. That's um, right. From downtown. It's more of a drive at lunch. More of a challenge, but it's worth the drive there as well. What is your uh, your go to Amarillo coffee shop? Uh, Downtown Palace. It's you know it's really good. And it's in close proximity, so it's a walk away. If you need to yeah, go. it's pretty close walking distance from mm-hmm. the, the building. This is a question that I ask all of my guests. What does this area have too much of? I had to think about this one for a while. And I feel like, for me, I notice a lot of vacant shopping centers. Mm-hmm. A lot of new shopping centers popping up. And I think it's great. I hope we have some people to occupy those very soon because I do like to shop. I've heard quite a bit about that. Because some of the older strip mall types of centers aren't always at full occupancy, and yet southwest side of town, even northwest side of town, those are being developed all the time. And I, yeah, I do wonder who's who's clamoring for those. You know, is is there enough demand for those to, to fill them up? I agree. I I do like that they've repurposed some existing buildings. So I'm you know pleased with that. I'd rather see something changed, a storefront there. But just looking forward to those being occupied. Yeah. What does this area not have enough of? For me, it would probably be some um, additional family entertainment venues. I do think that we're working to alleviate some of that with the ballpark. Very mm-hmm. excited about that coming. And FC soccer and some other uh, new things coming to the area. So I think we're working in that area for sure. How old are your kids? 12 and 9. Okay. So they're right at the age that they, they need some good, safe, fun yes. entertainment. Yes. yes. And we love to do things together as a family. You work in downtown Amarillo. I, I wanted to ask if you have a favorite building downtown. Now, if you want to name the building that you work at, that's fine. But a lot of people are, are pretty passionate about one building or another. So I like this, this building. Um, it's been fun owning the building. It's got its challenges as well, but we've done a lot to um, update it. Mm-hmm. But my favorite building downtown is the Santa Fe building. Just a really cool, nostalgic building. Unfortunately, you can't see it from your office. You've got a great view of the interchange from here, but no Santa Fe building. Have you asked for like a, you know, a, a more Western-facing <laughs> building so you could see it? No, office? I haven't. But, um, you know, we have conference rooms and whatnot all the way around the building. So um, I can see the ballpark. I can see Santa Fe. I can see all of downtown and the lovely interchange. All right. Interchange is fine. There's a lot of traffic. It's great. I can see if I should leave or not if yeah. the traffic's backed up. That's true. 
a year from now, okay. the, the ballpark would be a really good view. Totally agree. Very excited about that. What's your favorite kind of Texas Panhandle weather? So I love the fall. I love fall and football. So. Now you graduated from Tascosa. Do you yes. still root for Tascosa, watch Tascosa games? I do root for Tascosa. I have nephews that play for Tascosa, so looking forward to seeing some games in the fall. When was the last time you visited Cadillac Ranch? I had to think about this one. I want to say it's been maybe a year ago. We had a group um, of kids at our house for Disciple Now through our church, and we had a scavenger hunt that included Cadillac Ranch, which was a lot of fun. Had you been out there any time before that? I mean, is is that a place that you've been often or or at all since you moved here? But I have been out there. The time before, I took a group from Finland. They had come here uh, to Golden Spread. We bought some reciprocating engines from Wurzilla, which is a Finnish company, and they wanted to see this Cadillac Ranch. We took them out there and took some cool photos and let them spray paint. Um, Okay, final question. I want to put you on a team, if you'll allow it. Pack-a-sack or Toot and Totem? Toot and Totem. Um, They are in very close proximity to both work and home, which makes them quite convenient. So it's more a geographical thing? And I, yeah, geographical. All right. Well, that concludes our eight straight questions. Uh, Stacy. the last thing I, I like to ask of my guest is that you endorse something related to Amarillo. So what is one thing, regardless of what it is, that you would like listeners to know about or experience or be aware of? I was going to initially um, talk about the helium time comb celebration. Uh, but I stole that from you, so we've already talked about that. So, so I'm going to think S- on switch my gears. feet here. But semi-related, I want to endorse the Don Harrington Discovery Center. I currently serve as the chair and so proud of the Discovery Center. I think it's an integral part to Amarillo. I think it really celebrates STEM in the area and would encourage anyone who has not been there just check it out. Um, take your children, take your grandchildren, take a friend, and uh, check it out. There's a lot of new things at the Discovery Center, and we're looking at adding even more things um, okay. in the coming year. What kinds of exhibits um, can families find this summer? So one of the new exhibits for this summer is um, aviation. It's a really cool exhibit sponsored by Bell Helicopter. And I would encourage you to come check it out. It'll be a really cool feature with all kinds of aviation experiences for um, all ages. Stacey Sanning, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that concludes another episode of Hey Amarillo. I want to say thanks to the Amarillo EDC for sponsoring this episode. I especially want to thank Stacy Sanning for conducting an interview as we overlooked the interchange from her office. You can learn more about Golden Spread at gsec.coop. Dig into the archives of this podcast at heyamarello.com. You can follow us at heyamarello on Twitter and Facebook and find us on Instagram at Podcast. If you like the episode, please share it. Leave a review, talk about it on Facebook, talk about it on Instagram or Twitter. Tell people about the show. Help spread the word. Thank you for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.